Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode four of Epilogues and Epiphanies, a show where we'll explore questions about life, the universe, and being human through the lens of TV and film. I'm your host, Lindsay McPherson, and today's episode is the second installment of our Gilmore Girls Fall series. This is one of my all-time favorite shows, and I hope you have enjoyed discovering it or rediscovering it with me. In today's particular episode, we will be discussing Gilmore Girls season one, episode nine, Rory's Dance. So if you have haven't watched that one yet, you might want to before you give this a listen. And with that, here is episode four, She Is Not Fried Chicken, featuring guest Marjorie Abundo. It's happening. It's happening. Real life. It's here. We're recording. Doing new things. Here we go. I am Marjorie Abundo. I was college roommates with Lindsay who introduced me to Gilmore Girls back in the day. I had not watched Gilmore Girls before that. So you are what brought me here to Gilmore Girls. My heart. Lovely. Lovely. Um, Yeah. And I'm a public school teacher in the middle of Amish country, Ohio. (laughs) So my introvert heart is very heavy. (laughs) I didn't realize I introduced you to Gilmore Girls. I feel kind of, I don't know, like a Gilmore Girls evangelist. You have converted me to Gilmore Girls, yes. I was remembering that you liked it because we tried to go to that. <laughs> what would you call What's that? What's the word for it? I don't know. I it... want to say reenactment, but it's not a reenactment. It, <laughs> it like... felt like they were trying to reenact it. Uh, okay, context. <sighs> there was a Gilmore Girls event in... Akron? Akron. Okay, and yes. we're not throwing anyone under the bus. For those <laughs> no, of you that enjoyed not it. the intention. But it was, I think, in Akron a minute pre-COVID ago and we drove there and we walked around and I feel like we were both wondering what the other one was thinking at first because I was underwhelmed. I think I had really high expectations. The heart of the Gilmore Girls lover in me was just really hoping I was going to feel transported. (laughs) Yeah, I also had high expectations and I feel like they had so much publicity and like there were so many people there There that I was like, this is going to be awesome. There's so much hype about this. And then it was like a food truck of Luke's coffee that had a mile long line. With popcorn. Why popcorn? With popcorn. I don't know. And like a town hall meeting. (laughs) That was, that was so just weird. more awkward than it was. In a weird cool. basement, I thought we were going to maybe get murdered in when we were walking yeah. down there. It was down around a corner in like a loading dock. It was an immersive experience. That's for sure. I have high hopes that this will be better than our immersive experience in Akron. So <laughs> so I introduced you to this show. So uh, is that what makes this show feel special? That's my next question normally. And that feels like a weird follow-up. I, I think, yeah, it's like a nostalgic, like college days. Mm-hmm. I think of things that were happening. I remember like lying on the floor in your room, painting my nails, watching the show on a Saturday. It's the mood. Like, and that was just, that was the stuff and simpler times. We yeah. should recreate one of those. We could we could rebuild that moment though. We we can rebuild that moment very easily. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I love that. That's kind of what this show is is nostalgia and fall and I am having a hard time wrapping my head around how old this show is now. So this episode that we're talking about today, we're in season 1 still. It's Rory's Dance. 
I remembered it being drama. I did not remember the full extent of the drama. Oh my I don't think I, with my, uh, probably would have been child ears when I first watched this, knew the depth of how awful this drama gets. But anyways, that's, we'll get there. This aired in December of 2000. There's no finishing that number. I want to say 2000 and something. (laughs) No, it is 2000. 22 years ago. Like that's That's insane. A lot. That's insane. That's a lot. And I feel like a lot of the fashion, I'm like, (gasps) I was reading blogs about this episode. I love that. And some of the more recent, some of the more recent blogs were like, the clothes are terrible. This looks awful. She has baby's breath in her hair for this dance. And I'm like, I'm like, but that was like the thing. I'm like, her hair was a 2000s dance hair. It was. Like, it was. It was on point for the yeah, time. Yeah, they were like totally in when it was happening. But looking back, definitely at least season one is a little, <laughs> a little cringy with some of the fashion. It aired in December of 2000. This is the first season. So Amy Sherman Palladino still writing everything. Stars all of our normal people, but no Luke in this episode. Which I no realize. No Michelle. No Michelle. Minimal Suki and Lane. Mm-hmm. So it was very heavy on Gilmore girls. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. just the girls. Even Richard yeah, wasn't that's in true. this episode. They talked about him, but he wasn't there. Yeah, definitely Gilmore's only for the most part. So mm-hmm. the plot. So what is the Marjorie version of this plot for today's episode? Rory asks Dean to go to her formal at Chilton. He begrudgingly agrees. They go. It's ruined by Tristan oh, and Paris, yeah. who just act psycho the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and just to compound on that, they ruin the night further by falling asleep at Miss Patty's, spending the whole night out, which ends in a fight between Emily and Lorelai that is just horrible Oof. and spills over to Lorelai and Rory and then you just end feeling like you were punched in the stomach uh-huh. it was pretty dramatic it was. it was a bad fight it was intense it was very intense I don't know how you truly recover like a lot of regrettable things yeah. were said mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like it wasn't just one person being awful like everybody everyone was, was yeah a little bit awful yeah well we start off in a happier place we start this episode we do. With the, the girls, if you will. Um, so the Gilmore's sans Richard in the dining room. And I am struck by how different it is than the first dinner. Like we're on episode nine now. And the first dinner, it was very, the girls almost put on different like personalities to go in there. And we start and she's fidgeting with her food and being sassy. And the mom says, I'm just going to ignore you. I'm going to talk to Rory. Um, And uh, grandma is all up on the Chilton stuff. She is like scary in. This is very important to grandma. Like very important. This is her world. Yeah. And it's kind of strange because what it takes to be a Chilton parent or a Chilton family Emily knows and is in on and it kind of is the first time we're seeing where Lorelai feels like she did miss something because she doesn't really care about Chilton but it's a dance we start talking about the dance and she's you know realizing I didn't know about those kinds of things and you know I 
it's also, it feels like the first time that Rory kind of sees her mom on her heels a little bit with Emily. Yeah. And it kind of felt like the first time too, that Rory didn't mention something going Mm -hmm. on at school to her mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like she's intentionally leaving out that information and Lorelai's like, Hey, everybody else knows about this, but me. Right. Yeah. And that feels shocking. Yeah. You know, Emily, of course, wants Rory to go to the dance and be involved. And Rory's not really the kind of kid that wants to be involved. And uh, so she gets up and leaves and Emily wants to push it. And Lorelai, you know, kind of holds her own. But then we get in the car and she does push it. And I like I appreciate that in Lorelai, how she like in public and in front of other people had her daughter's back and defended her. And then it was just them in private yeah. was able to like dig deeper and have the more serious conversation of why is this bothering you? Yes. Why don't you want to go? Yeah. I thought that was good that she, she wasn't going to let Emily push something on her. So they're, they're in the car and she's asking her and her answer is just like, I don't want to go because I just, I hate them. She's never been to one, <laughs> not a clue. Um, and Laura kind of pushes and says, you know, sometimes I wonder, like, do you really not like these things? Or are you kind of like, are you scared? Which is a very pointed question. And I felt like a good mom question. Yes, very good. That was the question to ask. I loved that she asked it, but I also like have been in that passenger seat and I'm the kid that's, please don't ask me that question. I no, because if I say I'm scared, then you're going to make me do it. And I've been the adult in the passenger seat that says, please don't ask me that question because I'm scared. Like, <laughs> not even the kid as a grown adult. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's real. I feel like that was my most relatable part of this episode was just Rory's fear and how that can stop you from doing things that yeah aren't bad. Yeah, it is really easy to get kind of stuck in comfort and routine and just like assuming it won't be worth the effort, you know, especially being an introvert and sometimes just in general making bigger moves. Sometimes it's bigger than a dance or a social event. It's making changes and answering the question, do you really not want to do this or are you just afraid? And sometimes it's a hard question to answer because fear can be really big and has a lot of really good reasons. (laughs) It can be very gray. There's a lot of gray area when it comes to fear. Yeah. So, okay. We have to touch a little bit on Dean here because- Yes. Thank you. (laughs) I knew you were wise. Okay. All right. So- I just don't appreciate her (laughs) at all he's dying to spend time with her in all of the previous episodes like doing everything he can to spend time with her hiding out in the trees calling her multiple times but only if yet when she asks him to do this thing and spend time with him he's like eh, no I'm not really a joiner like previously I couldn't articulate why I didn't like Dean and it was honestly re-watching it for this episode that I was like wait a second this is why like She's being so vulnerable. She's so awkward. Asking, she's so awkward and she's being so vulnerable and asking him to go to the dance with her. And like, he's had to have heard stories about Paris and Tristan. Is he not yeah. the least bit interested in meeting these people in person? Apparently not. I guess not. I don't know. I would go just to meet the people. Like, I want to go to the husband's work Christmas party just to meet those people just to see like yeah yeah and then okay this is where we find out Rory's decided to go Laura's making the dress Emily is just has been 
tortured about this because we get a phone call and she's just torn up that Rory's not going to go to the dance. I like how Lorelai strings her along for a little bit and just lets her go on her (laughs) angry rant about how Rory should go until she's like, mom, she's going. (laughs) I thought was interesting about this phone call then is how grandma won't ask to come over. Maybe so frustrated. I'm like, just say what you want. Like ask if it's so important to you, can I come over and take pictures before she leaves? Why do you have to guilt trip her into asking you? I Uh, could line up the pictures and make a flip book. Like, (laughs) oh my gosh, (laughs) say what you want. Okay. So then Rory is at school and she has to buy the tickets. We see again, Tristan Dugray. Tristan, who hurt you to make you act (laughs) the way that you do? Because you need a hug. Tell me what you think about Tristan, Marjorie. Tristan is the little elementary school kid who is just pulling girls' hair because he likes them and doesn't realize that that's not the right way to treat people, especially if you like them. And he's just relentless. Mm -hmm. I, I did like... In this episode, Rory starts to stand up for herself because previously Tristan really got under her skin and she was like mad, upset. But this time she kind of just rolled with the punches and had a lot of Lorelai-esque zingers. She's very Lorelai-esque in in this like sequence here. I think my favorite is he said, well, I thought you might like to go with me. And she's like, no, you didn't because you are not stupid. And he's he's like, well, thank you. And she goes, and you'd have to be completely stupid (laughs) to think I'd want to do anything with you. Yeah, she's very I was surprised by that. Very confident, very, just get out of my face, man. Just Mm -hmm. please stop. And yeah, these prep school kids are not okay. (laughs) Everyone needs some counseling. Everyone. They need some counseling and some parents to love them. Say they love them. <laughs> and that they don't need to get straight A's. It will be okay. Uh so Tristan's pestering Rory in this ticket line and he's just giving like you said, giving her the hard time. I think it's pretty obvious to anyone with a brain what's going on that clearly very into Rory. So into Rory. Not into Paris, unfortunately, for Paris. Unfortunately for Paris. I think we start with him up talking to Paris, getting his tickets. And he's just, I, he's just a jerk. Straight he's up such a jerk. Jerk. That was like uncalled for to treat Paris that way. Teasing her like that. You know, she likes you. Oh, he said, oh, you probably already have a date. Jerk. 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 jerk move. Poor Paris. <laughs> I, I feel like Paris needs several hugs. She's just so scared everything about paris is hanging on being the best like rank me at the top yeah paris feels threatened by rory and and then it sucks that on top of the academic side of things that tristan the jerk who paris loves is into rory and paris knows that but unfortunately that doesn't help paris have any more self-respect no not at all when it comes to tristan (laughs) not not at at all all. (laughs) Oh, it's crazy. We are at dance night after this. So she's got her tickets. Mom's making the dress. And she's had this back spasm Lorelai has. And Suki's over there. I think one thing that I didn't really realize because it kind of comes and goes throughout the other seasons is in the early episodes, there's this really strong uh, Suki and Lorelai sisterhood kind of taking care Mm -hmm. of each other, which was really cool. Like, 
she's bringing her food like for right now, but also for later, because I know you're not going to be able to go anywhere and you're going to be up late. And I just thought that was, it was really sweet. It was really sweet. Yeah. Cause Lorelai doesn't have that from her nuclear family. And yeah. And she was even like, call me if you need to go upstairs, like I'll run right over. And yeah. And then she kind of outs her and outs her to Emily. Yeah. Well, Suki can't see anything because she sprayed her eyes shut with hairspray. Very Suki. I'm glad Suki made it alive to season two. Very impressive. Very clumsy in season one. It's a little scary. And then Emily, Emily has so many good lines. Uh, She is not fried chicken. Yes. (laughs) This is not a drive-thru. She's not fried chicken. She makes Dean come in. I kind of sided with Emily here. Like, I did. You don't I did. honk I'm old. your date. Especially mm-hmm. when it's like a formal thing that you're going to. I'll give him credit because they did agree to it beforehand. But it took a lot of honking for him to realize that she was not coming. Get the point. <laughs> come to the door. He finally gets in there. Emily's just already told him to come in. You know, she's Miss Manners. Which, again, officially I'm old because I am yes. siding with Emily. <laughs> that you should come in and you should want to care about the rest of her family if you're not just being a weird person mm-hmm. uh but anyways and she's talking to him a little bit and he's just kind of like i don't dismissive like i don't know how to put it but it was not like no very passive and dismissive like they go off to the dance emily refuses to leave she's she might be scary emily but she is a mom and she's not leaving lorelei home stranded on the couch by herself which good for her but also lorelei looks like she's going to die because <laughs> now her mother is at her house all night um and she almost does um but we cut back and forth basically between mom and grandma at the house and rory at the dance with dean and all her crazy schoolmates the ones of mom and grandma at the house kind of start off a little bumpy and kind of progressively get a little more chummy until, you know, at the end of the night, she's like tucking her in and they're kind of laughing before that. And also Lorelai, probably because of Suki's scary bag of pills, <laughs> takes that I muscle noticed relaxer. That she does take a muscle relaxer and then things and get it, better. <laughs> it lets her guard down, I honestly think. And she's just more receptive and less sarcastic to her mom, which can only help the relationship. So <laughs> drugs. Drugs. There were drugs. <laughs> okay. But it happened. It was still, they had a lovely evening. They bonded. My favorite Emily quote, I think, from this episode is when she realized that Lorelai traded in the crystal candlesticks. Oh my for that monkey lamp. Yes. Uh and Emily says, you traded my gift for a semi-pornographic leering monkey lamp? Yes. It's just the delivery is wonderful. She's fantastic. Meanwhile, back at the dance, uh, we do find out that um, Paris is there with her cousin <laughs> after giving Paris. Rory such crap oh. about you're probably not even going to come. And then she comes with her cousin. And the cousin who actively flirts with Rory. And is trying yeah. to ask other girls out throughout he, the night. Like, he barely got there. I mean, <sighs> she got him to the door, but he was just like, yeah, so I control for someone else. <laughs> uh, yeah, 
super weird. No good. Uh, Tristan's creeping in the corner, just watching Rory like a freaking weirdo. Uh, doesn't want to do anything else with his date except when she offers to go make out. Gross. 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 So the next, I think, you know, we're bouncing back and forth, but I think the next cut is Paris losing it (laughs) (laughs) again. Yet again. um, She assumes that Rory is going to out her secret about her taking her cousin and like tell everyone. Rory clearly did not have that intention, which Paris effectively does as she's screaming it to her in front of everyone. Oh, Paris. Clearly they've had enough of these prep school kids. So they're getting ready to leave the dance and Tristan introduces himself to Dean. I didn't remember that escalating that much, but there's a full on fight. Like at least for a minute. I just remembered like yelling. There was a lot of yelling, but they were also like physically violent with each other. Yes, there were hands on each other. Control yourselves, boys. And Dean screams, like, you don't want to fight me, Tristan, because I'll kill you. Right? You can't say that now. And let it be known, there is no parental follow-up. There is no teacher that comes out. We don't have a meeting with Headmaster Charleston about this ever. And then Paris. Paris rushes to Tristan's side and asks if he's okay. Honey. Oh, honey. He doesn't care at all yeah that was rough i think from here we end up with them strolling around town so miss patty's door was cracked open and they were like that's weird why is her door open and then like went in to look around because dean said he had never been there before i just thought it was weird and isn't miss patty's aren't they the doors wide open most of the time suspicious but suspicious whatever okay they go in rory drops her bag and it's so heavy because she obviously brought a book with her to read and all the downtime at this dance that she had rory honey what (laughs) so then they start reading the book fall asleep wake up and this is where Mm. (laughs) all right yesterday's happy ending And Lorelai's house just comes crashing down. Emily is frantically shaking Lorelai awake. Why? We see Miss Patty wake them up, right? We see Miss Patty first. Yes. So we see Miss Patty wake them up and Miss Patty's like, it's 5.30 in the morning. They both messed up and stayed out all night. She's running home. We know that. But we, Emily and Lorelai do not know where Rory is yet or what anything what has transpired they just know she's missing um so then patty calls and she said okay basically we found them together rory's coming home and that's pretty much the extent of the information it seems like yeah we know they know at this point um and then it gets crazy but <laughs> what i realized so i rewatched the last scene or two um right before we jumped on this call and what i realized that time was lorelei is like breathing she's trying to keep herself in check she's like we don't know what we don't know and and it's like she's doing okay she's doing okay and emily just is like needling yes she escalates everything 
Matt goes, it's like Emily was the voice inside Lorelai's head she was trying to not listen to. And it was just like, beep, 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 beep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Lorelai's trying to be calm. Rory's not home yet. And basically, Emily starts saying all these worst case scenarios and what happened and how this is going to be the beginning of the end of Rory's life, basically. Um, yeah. Similar to Lorelai. Um, and then Lorelai's trying to make coffee originally. And then she, I'm surprised the coffee pot does not shatter. She's like, yes. slams it on the counter. She's <laughs> like, no, she's not. Ugh. Yeah. Because Lorelai did not ruin her life. Like, clearly mm. there's some unresolved tension yes. here. Yes. Lorelai got pregnant at 16. Did it ruin her mom's plans for her life? Yes. Did it ruin her life? No. no. It just gave no. her a different life. It gave yeah. her a different life. And Emily's clearly not over that. Uh, oh. Lorelai says, let's try to be calm until we know what happened. Emily, what do you mean? We know what happened. And Lorelai says, no, we don't. Emily, they were out all night. I've watched you do a lot of stupid things in your life. And I have held my tongue. I won't stand by and let you allow that girl to ruin her life. Like Emily, it's not your place. You're not the mom. No. And Lorelai's fighting it. She's starting to escalate a little bit, but she's saying, I'm not going to get into this, you few. I'm not going to get in. And then these three or four lines, she's, she just real quick says, she's doing the same thing you did. She'll get pregnant. She's going to ruin everything just like you did. Ugh. Just like pit in your stomach. Oh my feeling. gosh. Because uh, of the, she's doing the same thing you did is what Lorelai's afraid of. Yes. She'll get pregnant. What Lorelai's afraid of. She's yeah. going to ruin everything like you did. That's just. Uncalled for. Like. <laughs> I mean, she didn't need to say any of it, but like, I think it was like fear, fear, like, mm-hmm. oh, you don't get my life. Like, yeah, you don't get to tell me that I didn't amount to anything basically Mm -hmm. Uh, it's what kind of mother are you to allow this that's the thing she says that kills me uh the same kind of mother you were like you let this happen Mm -hmm. I don't know it's yeah she says what kind of mother were you so they get into Emily saying basically everything everything that happened to you is is happening to Rory and and Lorelai's trying to say, we're different people and we're different moms. And then they get into this. I did every, Emily says, you know, I did all this for you. And I, I'm so tired of hearing about how bad I was. Cause I tried and did all these things. And, you know, Lorelai's saying she was so controlling. And Emily says, well, if I was so controlling, why couldn't I control you getting pregnant and throwing your life away? She has a great life. like. to which Lorelai responds get out which yes that is that is the moment when you and that's that's something I think that's hard because there is always that like parent dynamic yeah there is always a power like when we when the relationship was formed we were children and the parents were the ones negotiating the terms of that relationship and mm-hmm. so there's always that 
power dynamic that is going to make it harder to speak up, so to speak, in the other direction. And so, to f- I mean, she lets it go pretty far before she says, <laughs> get out of my house and don't talk to me like this. Yeah. But that boundary clearly needed to be set. Like, mm-hmm. Emily is in the wrong. <laughs> you don't get it, but this is my life. And she's again like at the beginning got rory's back to grandma good mom move and this is when rory sneaks into the house and hears all of this mm-hmm. unbeknownst to emily and lorelei yeah i think lorelei sees her she kind of does this thing with her head and uh, is like like just just duck back around the corner but basically emily leaves and then then it's rory's turn <laughs> it's rory's turn to get yelled at <laughs> Rory I don't know she she didn't seem too sorry for anything like she was like I'm sorry it was an accident but I don't think she like she didn't own up to also being out all night with a guy like it's not just okay because it was an accident I think though for me I this moment feels like for Rory she knows what her intent was what really mm-hmm. happened which was very little she couldn't even ask him to be her boyfriend she was so nervous to do that like clearly nothing's happening like this was a perfectly innocent mistake and i think in rory's rory's very like logical and she is thinking from her own context where this wasn't a big deal and lorelei is not talking to rory anymore she is talking to lorelei <laughs> And I mean, I don't know if you ever had this. So I have older half siblings who were different teenagers than my brother and I were. There wasn't a lot of drama. Um, and my brother's kind of the same. Uh, but there were moments when suddenly my dad would like ask a question that was just bizarre. And he would be so like, outraged and assuming something that felt so far out of our even realm of consciousness this is this frustration is meant for someone else yeah like not who it's going towards (laughs) so this situation with Lorelai where Rory is just confused at how severe the reaction is and Lorelai is clearly talking to someone else Rory just keeps saying I'm sorry it was an accident nothing happened nothing happened and then finally like, you know, there's just interjections by Lorelai and she kind of, her line that broke it for me, like Emily had mm-hmm. one about ruin her life or throw away her life. That was the, you know, drop the hammer. This is done. Yeah. Lorelai's was you're going on the pill. Like she's yes. not been listening to Rory, not been listening to Rory. And it was like, mm-hmm. so far, I don't believe you that like, I don't even trust you. We're making a life change for you. Yeah. Like I'm, forcing you to do this against your will like oh wow and and then Rory thinks you know I'm sorry you got in trouble with grandma which there's probably a layer of that to it but I think I think Rory doesn't even understand what's happening Mm. and that to me it felt like yeah okay I'm mad grandma yelled at me but grandma's been yelling at me for years um yeah but like I think it was really just this fear of like Lorelai was not in the room with Rory at that time. She was reliving mm-hmm. all that stuff. And, yeah. and we just kind of, like you said, end with 
slam doors slam and crying. doors and crying oh there's zero resolution zero resolution it's- in this episode well I think you mentioned this at one point we ended on this crazy note <laughs> you know you talked about seeing yourself with Rory and the being afraid to do things was there anywhere else that we didn't get to talk about that you felt like you saw yourself or any like takeaways in general I feel like a huge picture takeaway is like clearly Lorelai got pregnant 16 years ago and the trauma of all this is still very fresh at some points in time and like healing is not linear and the older I get the more I realize how true that is like no matter what the healing is where that needs to take place in your life some days you're fine and it's you can talk about it and it's not a big deal and other days you're crying at the kitchen table because (laughs) it's been rehashed and is not okay yeah and the thing about trauma and healing is basically the way the brain is structured is the really deep part of your brain that's near your brain stem um, is your amygdala and your hippocampus. And your amygdala is what is like emotions and fear responses. And your hippocampus is your memories and they're near your brain stem. And that kind of works to say like, okay, this is so we can, our body can quickly access these memories before like having a, th- like a thinky debate with our prefrontal cortex, <laughs> the logical part of our brain. Like So that if we see a stick that looks like a snake, we don't have to think, is that a snake? We just jump out of the way. That way, in case it was a snake, we're good. Um, So the brain has these two parts and they're near your brainstem. And so we are like reacting because social situations live in our, we're social creatures. They live in our body in the same way, Mm -hmm. you know? And the other thing that, the thing about those two areas of the brain is they don't have a timestamp. So these memories, they're not like, it feels like it is that situation here and now. Yeah. Like your body is transported back to that situation, but it's like, we know what to do this time. And that is freak out. (laughs) Get you ready to run, fight, flight, or freeze. Get you ready to, to deal with that. And that's what's happening to the two older Gilmores here is Mm -hmm. they are reliving those memories and not realizing they are there back 16 years ago when they're shouting, not really yeah. at the present situation. And it's, it's so, that's why, like you said, working through, it is messy, but, you know, getting, getting to know what those situations for ourselves are is so huge. So that, because mm-hmm. I think Lorelai knew there's only so far she could protect herself when her mother is like shouting at her you can only do so many self-regulation strategies Mm -hmm. and like trying to calm yourself down and not spiral when the source of your triggers is in the room all of the triggers in your ear like yeah yeah no it is I think for me what I wrote down is um it's kind of yeah trauma is not linear but I also wrote down fear is ugly because we've got pair like I was just thinking of Paris and then how afraid and nasty these two moms get Mm -hmm. and Paris is afraid and and she's pretty aggressive and pretty ugly too in this episode even though she's in it a lot less than the other two but it 
she's she's afraid of losing it you know afraid of her her worth of Rory basically taking her life from her um mm-hmm. and and it doesn't really help that this happened when Rory is 16 yeah and it's it is interesting that this story picks up this show where the grandparents decide okay we want to be a part of the life when Rory is the same age that they lost Lorelai mm-hmm. and so they don't have that like I think you know had they known her as a kid it would be easier to be like this is nerdy Rory and not you know Lorelai who's just they could more easily separate them as two different people who have two different personalities and want two different things in life like Rory does want the Ivy League education she wants that Lorelai never did just so much generational and just a lot of oh just fear just fear and hurt lashing out like Mm -hmm. and I think too even it starts from a good place where I think Emily feels like she missed out on a lot of things with Lorelai and so she wants to be a part of it for Rory but then I think she's just so unaware of her own triggers as well um or just even the reality of hey my way is not the highway like Mm -hmm. it's not the only way to do life um I don't know if she ever gets there honestly but this episode was heavy it's it ends in a very heavy place yeah it really does yeah yeah they they patch it up there's a good old you know I think this is pretty normal in like sitcoms it feels like where uh (laughs) I think the next episode Richard ends up in the hospital Yes, uh, which is kind of the plot device where we repair things we don't know how to repair. <laughs> like, oh, something tragic happens and we all have to get along again. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I don't, I don't know how you would. I don't, I don't know. I'm glad that in the upcoming episode, because I had to watch it. I was like, wait, how do they resolve this? They don't just like ignore it and act like everything's fine. Like they do acknowledge that things are still very tense between all three of the Gilmore girls. None of them are in a good spot with the other ones. So, yeah. I picked this episode because I just remembered it featuring the women so strongly in it. Um, Mm -hmm. And it kind of being a unique one. Um, But I didn't remember how sad (laughs) it really ends. So I don't know. What's your favorite quote from this episode? Because I really don't feel like ending this conversation with you I, we can't, so sadly can't end here my favorite quote it has to be emily's you traded my <laughs> gift for the semi-pornographic lyric monkey lamp it's a pretty good uh, one that's a pretty that's, good one cool i like that much better than the door slam i know uh, i was just depressed otherwise <laughs> yeah well thank you for joining me marjorie you were an excellent guest for this very intense episode yes my pleasure I'm sure I will talk to you soon. Yes. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys so much for joining me for episode four and the second installment of our Gilmore Girls Fall series. One thing I loved though about recording this episode was hearing from my good friend Marjorie and here's your nudge. 
schedule whatever your equivalent of Gilmore Girls and Manicures hangout session is with that friend you haven't connected with in a while. It will be so worth it. I also hope that if like some of the characters in this episode of Gilmore Girls, you find yourself reacting in ways that feel bigger than the situation at hand is calling for, that you'll spend some time in reflection to sort out what your body is actually remembering and trying to protect you from in those moments. I truly believe that the best gift we can give ourselves and those we love is to pursue our own healing, both through self-reflection and asking for help when we need it. And as always, please hold grace for yourself and others as you are navigating that process. Thanks again for joining me. Until next time, have a great week.